that was a wolf. That was a wolf. A werewolf. A werewolf. To be exact. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Paris? Talking about Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Oh, wait. I should... Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Franken Sisters <laughs> podcast. These people don't need an introduction. You already... You clicked on it. So, it's fine. Sorry. My... I think all my my blood is in my muscles and not my brain. <laughs> I just lifted really heavy. Uh, well, we both did. We both did. And I'm feeling a little brain dead. But anyway, we're talking about uh, Stephen King's Silver Bullet as a continuation of our um, lesser known Stephen King movies. And there's a, quite a few. Definitely a lot better than... Thinner. thinner. Yes. Yeah. I mu- I liked it a lot more. We mm-hmm. have you have Corey Haim, you have Gary Busey, you have werewolves. What? It's the eighties. Yeah, it's the eighties. And you know what? I feel like the eighties were really big on werewolves. You know, that's when like the bulk of werewolf movies came out. I think you're right. I think you're right on that. And it's just I, something about the eighties. I really like werewolf movies. And I feel like I want more to be made. I want this movie to be remade because I really liked it. But also, I just think it's like a really cute story. And I think if they if they did it like, you know, nostalgia style, yeah. it would be a hit. I don't think I've actually seen too many werewolf movies now that really? I think about it. There's some really good ones. American Werewolf in London, Howling, which I feel like is more of like a sexy movie, a sexy werewolf movie. <laughs> Ooh, you know how sexy. you have sexy vampires? Yeah, sexy, sexy werewolves. werewolves. Yeah. Um, also, uh, what was that one with Michael J. Fox? Um, teen, were- teen Wolf? Teen something like that? Teen Wolf. I have Where seen none of these player. movies that you've mentioned. <laughs> but anyway, I really, I enjoy werewolf movies. That's probably, as far as creature features, like if we're talking zombies or vampires or werewolves i i love werewolf movies there needs to be more i think yeah you know it's 2000 20 23 it's 2000 whoa yeah (laughs) um but anyway so silver bullet is loosely based off of stephen king's novella oh loosely yeah and a different name yeah cycle of the werewolves (laughs) what are you saying (laughs) i mean usually they just go right off of the book they're like this is this is the book we're gonna choose that name but like this time they're like no "Eh, loosely and we'll change the name so well here's the deal is that um it was actually supposed to be a calendar that stephen king was making um but it somehow got turned into a, a novella which means it's a girl novel a girl novel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a girl novel? A novella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for clarifying. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it was supposed to be a calendar, but instead what happened was they, each month of the year turns into a chapter and it's a different werewolf attack. So it doesn't actually follow a main character. Oh, oh no. What's going on here? So it doesn't, okay. um, yeah, follow a main character, um, and it, it has pictures in it, which I think is actually really cool. The book? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. Um, I think it's kind of funny how it, someone's making a calendar, and they're like, oh, oh no, I turned it into a book. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but it's actually, it's pretty short from what I understand, Ah, uh, short story. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? I really, I really like how they adapted it. 
Um, I think I like that they chose because he Marty is a character in the book. Oh, our cool. main character in the movie. He is a character in the book, but I'm glad they focused it on him. Mm-hmm. I think it makes the story uh, really good. So the book was adapted in 1985 and was essentially a box office flop. It holds a higher rating than Thinner, which was at a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I can see that. This one has a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's not too bad. And even though it flopped, I guess, you know, a lot of critics enjoyed it, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was Roger Roger Ebert. Eager? Ebert? Eager? Ebert? How do you sure. Say sure. Well, he said it was like a Stephen King parody. Oh. But he meant it. Okay. He actually gave it, like, a pretty high rating. And, and he's a... A critic? Yeah, you know, Rod... No, Hannah. Ebert, of course I don't Roger know. Ebert, no. Ebert. I don't... I don't know. If you asked me to name any critic's name, I would be stumped because I it's, know no critics. I give it two thumbs up. That guy. I don't know who you're All talking right. about. All right. <laughs> Never mind. But anyway, yeah, I really liked this movie. It was super cute. Um, I would love to see it remade again. Yes. Because I feel like, you know, a lo- when they do remakes, they always choose, like, the most popular movies which is fine what to about a the underground extent. movies but yeah you can definitely you know take an old story that's lesser known and then revamp it into something good so i think that would be really awesome i think like i like this movie but i think they could like even if they remade it they could even do like a better job oh to for where, sure yeah for sure yeah so. because uh, you know also with the um i actually felt like the the werewolf costume or special effects. Yeah. It was, I not think it was bad. a costume. Oh, no. No, not at all. Um, so, you know, but definitely nowadays it would be even better. And I think... Um, I feel like the acting would be... I mean, not saying that the acting was bad in that, but... Uh, Gary Busey is a A-list actor, okay? Yeah, he is. That's, we were talking <laughs> about basic, Red, right? Yeah. Okay. He's like, he's like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> but... Anyway, without further ado, let's get into the movie. Movie time! Movie time! Movie time! So the movie opens up with a shot of the full moon because there's werewolves out here. (laughs) And there's a narrator, and I don't like narrators. I'm just going to say that right now. And it's like an old lady narrator who's actually. It's the sister. Yeah, it's the sister in the movie. Um,. And she says some bullshit, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's narration, exp- like it. Sometimes it like makes sense with the yeah, storyline. Like, sorry, but, are but, you the Sandlot? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. But like, uh, had nothing to do with like. It's like why are you narrating? Yeah, what Just is tell the us point a story. Uh, so it, oh, it's it's set in spring 1976, which I think was an interesting choice because it was released in 1985. It was written, I believe, in 1983. 
Um, the book was written in 1983, so I'm not sure why creatively they were like, let's just do 10 years ago. Maybe the director, maybe that was like his best year ever. 1976. He's like, I remember the year 1976. <laughs> it was a good that was year. great year. <laughs> so we see a railroad worker uh, working along on the railroad. <laughs> he's been working on the railroad. And there's a creature lurking in the shadows, and um, so this railroad worker railroad worker sees a monster's footprints and he's like oh oh what is that and then and then he gets his head knocked off unfortunate that happens (laughs) i hate it i hate when i try to like investigate something and my head just gets knocked off. yeah he just pops that sucker right off (laughs) just so yeah that obviously the town finds his decapitated body and uh, they all think it was an accident like he was just drinking and you know they're like oh that guy yeah he's a drunk you know, you know those drunk people always getting decapitated. Always getting decapitated. Um, so at this point, the next day or some other, some I don't know, just sometime, long, sometime. <laughs> the narrator introduces herself when she was a fifteen-year-old. Her name is Jane, and she has an eleven-year-old brother named Marty. And they're at some sort of festival, and we meet a few key characters. So, like I said, Marty and Jane, but also a, a pastor, a pastor, or a yeah, priest, a priest. Uh... Reverend? I think he was reverend, yes. I, what's, it was a reverend, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we're, we're meeting these people. But again, they're at some sort of a festival. And Marty and his friend have wandered off. And uh, they've caught a little gardener snake. And they're playing with it. And then they think it's going to be funny to kind of like prank Marty's sister. Like, oh, garden snake. Yeah. So, so he, funny. He hangs it from a tree, or his actually his friend hangs it from a tree. Was he was it hanged from a tree, or was he holding the snake? Because he was in the in the tree. Yeah, too. the friend. Yeah, the friend. Um, I'm not sure. Some and Marty's disabled, by the way. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair, which is pretty cool. In which is tree. why he's not in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's in a tree later in the movie. He is, and I don't know he's how got we got up there. Incredible upper body strength. I, I have no clue how he got up there. So Jane goes to find Marty, and hit, obviously they've played a prank on her that by kind of dangling the snake in front of her, and she falls, and she kind of falls into a puddle, and she rips her pantyhose. And she's all dirty. Yeah, so she, and Marty feels bad, because he's, he's a, you know... He's, he's compassionate. A, he's a good boy, actually. And it was mostly his friend who was the driving force of this prank. And his friend is a, 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 a little shenanigan. Right, but... Basically, we're setting the stage for sort of um, a brother and sister relationship that's indicates they kind of fight a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't get along super great. Um, so the family is driving home, and it, Jane is upset and accuses their mom of always taking Marty's side because he's crippled. And I could I sympathize, you know. Yeah, I feel I, like that would be frustrating. That would be, to be Jane. It would suck to have like not suck but it would just be unfortunate to have like a sibling that needs more care than you do yeah I know the and then yeah <laughs> paris <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway sorry my pancreas doesn't work geez <laughs> uh so later that night marty goes into jane's bedroom and he gives her money to buy a new pair of pantyhose how sweet yeah he's a good boy um, so also at a lady's house, a different lady's house, a, the creature is stalking outside and she's actually about to kill herself. She's pregnant too. Was she? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't. So when Jane was in the woods, she was in the yeah, bushes, she was and she their she was holding, overhearing their conversation. She was like, "This baby is yours. It, it, it's yours." And the guy was like, "No, it's not." And he got really mad and said he wasn't going to take care of it with her. So that's Man. why she was going to kill herself. Where was I during this movie? <laughs> I watched it twice for this podcast, and I didn't even catch that. <laughs> but yeah, um, she was she was pregnant too. So, but anyways, she's she's about to kill herself. Um, and then the creature jumps in and does it for her. Yep. I'm I, easy, I guess. Just <laughs> makes things easier. I guess so. <laughs> um, so at a bar, some men are upset because, you know, these peoples are showing up dead. Right. And they feel the town is not safe. And uh, they are, they're also kind of frustrated with the cops, the local law enforcement. Um, they just feel like. Things are getting weird, right? Because two deaths in a short period of time. Violent Some deaths. gruesome deaths, yeah. Right. Uh, it's suspicious. But two men are arguing, and then the bartender pulls out a bat that says the peacemaker on it. The so peace, like, keep, put that in your back pocket. Like John Cena's DC character. Was that his name? I think so. Peacemaker? Peacemaker. Um, and then John Cena comes out as a baseball bat, and he says, You can't see me! okay (laughs) yeah that definitely happened in the movie uh so the next day marty is riding around with a friend um his uncle has put a motor in his wheelchair so he can like drive everywhere and it's pretty cool um and they're 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 biking so his friend's on a bike he's in his motorized wheelchair and they go past the house of the woman who was just murder murdered um and the basically the girl's like thanks for going home with me marty you know i'm scared because because i keep hearing growling noises in our greenhouse and i don't feel safe and then uh so he gets her home safely and then her dad is a butthole he's a drunk yeah obviously. and he was like damn cripples they're taking all the monies the wealth welfare money or something like that how dare these people who need more uh, how dare your legs not work? How dare you legs not work? <laughs> Make your legs work. Yeah. And so anyway, Marty is cruising along in his wheelchair and he has a little sign on the back of it that says silver bullet. Isn't oh. that fun? Oh, that's the name of the movie. That's the name of the movie. Whoa. <laughs> uh, at home, Marty is sitting with his uncle Red, who's going through a divorce and it's also Gary Busey, who actually he ad-libbed most of his lines in this movie. Did he? Yeah, I guess he's he's like, I really resonate with Uncle Red. <laughs> so there's I that. resonate with him. I'm I also uh, drink. I also like to visit my family. I also sometimes. like to get divorced. No, I don't even know. I don't know anything about Gary Busey. I also like to get divorced. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's playing cards with Marty, and he, it seems like he loves his uh, nephew, and his niece and nephew, um, and then his mom's kind of frustrated. And I resonate with Red with that, too. Yeah. So me and, like, Gary Busey are, like, the same. You, Red and Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> the same people. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Marty's mom is kind of upset with Uncle Red. Let him finish the game. Okay. Make it quick. Okay. What did you say, Yankees? Mm-hmm. Say you're Yankee, and I'll call you. This one, he's going through another divorce, and he's also kind of, you know, not, I don't want to 
want to say a bad influence on Marty, but she's overprotective of Marty. And so she feels like she doesn't want um, Uncle Red to expose him to anything. And we also, again, we kind of see this sibling rivalry between the mom and Uncle Marty. Wait, is this when she um, uh, takes him on his like little chair up the stairs and he uses his legs to and get he, into it <laughs> he uses his legs but yeah. not only that but like he goes up the stairs and the mom doesn't bring the wheelchair up she doesn't go up with him so he's just <laughs> sitting on top of the stairs hearing their <laughs> private conversation we don't need to think about that <laughs> but yes that is the scene she's like go to bed honey and then he just, just slowly goes up the stairs with no help <laughs> no he's just sitting there on top of the stairs like mom where are you uh so, back at Marty's friend's house, the girl's dad is getting drunk, and um, he hears a commotion in, like, the shed-slash-greenhouse, and he grabs his gun and goes to investigate. Uh, he's looking around, and then the, the monster jumps through the floorboard and kills him. Ah. And that's pretty much what happens. Unfortunate. Yeah. And I don't think we ever see that girl again. No. No, she's no. never mentioned, not Mm-mm. even once. Uh, so with the discovery of his death, the people in the town are starting to worry and the cops don't really know what's going on and nobody feels safe. We have the scene of like everybody going into their house and they're like, their house isn't it. They're all looking behind them and they're paranoid. And Understandable. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be gruesomely murdered. No, me either. Um, <laughs> so... Marty has managed to climb up a tree. Like I said, he's got the upper body strength. I don't even know how he got up there. Because, like, if you... It, they pan out to the scene where his wheelchair is, and there's, like, not a lower branch that he could climb up to. It's just the high branch. So he just... He gorilla just, grip! <laughs> gorilla grip! <laughs> um, so he's trying to get a kite out of the tree. And his sister comes along to tell him that it's supper time and that the mom is mad at him for not finding him sooner. And he acts like he can't get out of that tree himself. Yeah. Like, he, you got up that tree. You get down you that tree. You can get down that tree yourself. At the bar, people are, are getting rowdy and accusing the cops of not doing a good job. Um, or not doing enough. I guess. And a man walks in and asks if anybody there has seen his son. Oh, yeah. When when Marty was getting his kite out of the tree, his buddy there was with him. The one who helped play a prank on his sister earlier. So his friend is there. And he leaves his friend. He's like, I'm going to come. And his friend is like, oh, I'm going to play with my kite. I'm going to play with my kite a little longer. Yeah. And um, so, yes, later that night at the bar, the the boy's dad walks in and asks, uh, <laughs> and ask. <laughs> That's how that scene goes. It wasn't just me burping. <laughs> he asks if anybody has seen his son. Um, so the sheriff goes out to look for him, and he finds a bloody kite, and then he finds the boy's body. Oh, and then he starts praying, right? Or saying some prayers or something like that. I think you're just making that up right now. Well, he walks away with the blade kite, and he's like, oh, Lord, and then something about God and stuff. I think he was just saying, oh, my God. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, he's, he is in deep prayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa, I love that prayer of yours. <laughs> <laughs> really touched me. <laughs> so uh, everyone is at the funeral, and the uncle has a flask, and he takes it out and then reconsiders. Uncle Red. Uh, the town's priest or reverend is leading the funeral and says the 
face of the beast always becomes known and the time of the beast always passes. Yeah. Bars. (laughs) (laughs) After the funeral, Marty's uncle takes him for a drive and tries to comfort him, saying that they're going to get the guy. But Marty is like, well, what if it's not a guy? What if it's actually a werewolf? What a good guess, Marty. That's a really good guess. I love how, like, that's his first (laughs) thought, and he was right. You know what? Maybe he's also psychic. Maybe he has The Shining. See? All Stephen King books link together. Yeah. Um, Marty says his friend Tammy, whose father has been killed, was hearing um, growling noises in the greenhouse, but uh, Marty's uncle says it's probably just a psycho. Not a werewolf. Not a werewolf. That's silly. Uh, The bar members rally uh, together with their guns to start a hunt for whoever is coming out. What? The fuck did I write here? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so basically they're going on a witch hunt. A werewolf hunt. hunt because they feel like the yeah. c- the cops aren't doing their job good enough. Grab your phone, touch your phone, turn it, and you head up. How's the words go? The mob song from Beauty and the Beast. Grab your phone, If you're not with us, you're against us. It's time to take some action, boys. Time to follow. You know the words more than Kill the Beast. Kill the Beast. But this this werewolf's bad. He's not like the beast in Beauty and no. the Beast. He's this werewolf is more like Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the cops show up, and they're like, "Hey, maybe maybe don't do that." And uh, the boys- I don't remember deploying or hiring you guys. Says something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the father comes up. He's like, "Well, I." My boy was ripped in half. <laughs> not what he says. I don't know He's what like, he says. like, torn to pieces. Oh. Torn you know what? to pieces. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. I didn't not get... ripped in half. <laughs> he was torn to pieces. But anyway, that kind of puts the cops at bay, I guess. And uh, But the, the cops were like, oh, yeah, fair you enough. You're right. You know what? You're right. I can't. <laughs> I can't fight you on that one. Um, but the Reverend is trying to discourage everyone from going out with their pitchforks, their metaphorical pitchforks. Yeah, I wonder why the Reverend would say that. Yeah, that's weird. That he yeah, would that's say that. weird, huh? Because violence is ungodly. Right, yeah, true. No, no other reason. Yeah. In the woods, uh, members of the search party hear growling, and one by one they get attacked, and the bartender with the peacemaker is there (laughs) and also the human form of Smee from Peter Pan what yeah (laughs) that's what I wrote in my notes (laughs) that guy looks like Smee from Peter Pan (laughs) Um, and they're yeah they're all killed like a bunch of people ah what a shame yeah (laughs) would have foretold but uh, so, yeah, we cut to their funeral, which again is the Reverend leading the service, and they're all singing Amazing Grace. And then um, everyone just starts turning into werewolves. And actually, again, like the special effects in this Aren't scene too bad. are pretty darn good. <sighs> um, but it was a dream. Yeah, just just kidding. You didn't believe that was actually happening, did you? 
Yes. Stupid. You didn't think everyone in the town was turning into werewolves at a funeral, did you? Yeah. Was, why would you do It was that? the reverend's dream. Why is he dreaming why is about he dreaming that? about that? Huh? That's so weird. That is so weird. He's probably, he's like Marty. He's like, there's werewolf. There's, there, this town has a real werewolf problem. This town has a real <laughs> werewolf problem. Uh, so Marty and his family are driving around town. And on the radio, we hear that the sheriff has put out a curfew. Um, but and but also the town functions are being uh, canceled. Like there's going to be fireworks and a festival, but because of the Fourth of July, yeah, or something like that. Um, so yeah, b- basically all the town's functions are being canceled because there's a mad man on the loose, and Marty is upset that the monster killed all the people. And that the fireworks are canceled. I know. He's more sad that the fireworks are canceled. He is. Also, he got over <laughs> his friend's death also, like really easily. Never mentioned again. <laughs> He's like, oh no, my friend died. Anyway, fireworks? Oh, oh man. man. Uh, so Marty's uncle sees that he's down, and he surprises him with a brand new motorcycle wheel- wheelchair thing. And I don't, this just doesn't seem legal to me. This thing is fast as a car. It's fast as a car. But what are uncles for than giving you illegal things when you're disabled? Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so he goes to test it out and he's speeding down the road and passing cars. And uh, yeah, he's he's all having a good time. He's all he's 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 gotten all about his his friends. Gruesome death. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that night, as Marty's uncle leaves, he gives him a bag full of fireworks. What a good uncle. And uh, as he drives off, he tells Marty to watch out for the werewolf, jokingly. Uh, Marty sneaks out. He shimmies down like a trellis. Yeah, something like that with his amazing upper body strength. And uh, yeah, he's he's on the second story of this house, but he gets down. No problem. Uh, He speeds off in his wheelchair motorcycle uh, to shoot off his fireworks. Yeah. (laughs) You know... You gotta uh, do what you gotta do. Like it doesn't matter if there's like, a madman, you know, a werewolf. You this gotta was something you could have done in the seventies as a child. Yeah, you know, definitely, one hundred percent. Those seventies and eighties kids were wildin. Yeah, they just shot off fireworks and and other things. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he's he goes to like this little bridge area and uh, he's shooting off his fireworks, which draws the attention of the werewolf. And uh, the werewolf goes to attack Marty, but Marty shoots a firework into his eyeball. Ouch. And escapes. Thank Good for Marty. Yeah. He, he, he was thinking with yeah, his brain. Yeah, he's a quick thinker. Um, Marty tries to tell Uncle Red that he saw the werewolf, but he doesn't believe him. He tells his sister, and she actually does believe him. Um, She's like... She, well, she knows that Marty believes it. So she was like, okay. So she was kind of like indifferent at first. Yeah. But she does help him investigate. And she starts um, looking around for somebody that's missing an eyeball or has an eye injury. But she's doing this like uh, this can collection for school. And uh, so she's going around collecting bottles. And she's again, yeah, she's looking for somebody who has one eye. And she goes into, like, this barber shop or something, and this guy has, like, a towel on his face, and she slowly walks up to him, and she's like, hey, and, like, he doesn't respond, and she just takes off his towel, his face towel, she's like, you have any cans? (laughs) And the guy was like, 
just looked at her. And I just thought that was funny. I was like, what if a random child came up to me while I was just like steaming my face and just took off my towel? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's uh, this movie does have some nice little comedic moments. Yeah. I feel like, and that's one of the reasons why I think it should be remade. <clears throat> but Jane walks by the church to collect the bottles and uh, the she walks by the reverend and she hasn't seen his face, but he's like, oh, you can go out in the shed. There's some, there's some bottles back there. And at this point she's like, oh, I can't believe I even believed Marty or considered yeah, it. Frustrated. Like he's such an ass. But so she's going, she's going through these bottles and she finds the peacemaker bat broken. Oh shit. And then she turns around and she sees that the reverend is missing one eye. Oh. And so she gets out there right quick. And she goes to tell Marty what she's she saw. obvious about it though. Like, oh no. Yeah, she's not the She's street. alone in like this garage thing and But it comes also up. the Reverend knows that Jane is Marty's sister and Marty shot him in the eyeball. So I think like it's a pretty good guess to be like, okay, she probably knows already. Yeah. But she also just made it really obvious. She was like, no. Like, just really obvious on her fear. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. Anyway, so she goes to tell Marty what she saw. And they know that the adults won't believe them. So they decide to uh, piece together a note, basically, with, like, newsplate paper clippings. (laughs) Like a a ransom note. Like a ransom note that says, I know what you are. (laughs) Why don't you kill yourself? Which... Which will do it. That's a sick burn. (laughs) You know, it was ahead of their time. Yeah. That's what people on the internet say now. Yeah, just go kill yourself. Just go kill yourself. Yeah. Um, and then they send him three more letters <laughs> saying the same thing. Uh, and they tell their Uncle Red what they've been doing. They've been sending the Reverend, uh, go kill yourself notes. <laughs> <laughs> and Red's like, what the fuck? And <laughs> he doesn't believe them, obviously. But he's like, all right, I'll help you investigate. And then they go, they kind of snoop on the Reverend for a minute. But they don't really see anything. And he's like, this is dumb. Um, so later is watching some kids play baseball and being their uh, walking and running abilities. And, uh, you know, that's the first time we ever kind of see him feel some sort of way about it. <laughs> but as he's watching these kids play baseball, the Reverend pulls up behind him and Marty drives off and the Reverend begins to follow him as he drives along. Uh, Marty realizes he's being followed, and the Reverend tries to run him off the road. Jerk. Marty manages to dodge, and uh, the scooter-slash-car chase commences. Uh, Also, like, they're on a road with other cars passing by, and nobody's, like, noticing this car trying to run over... (laughs) This disabled boy. This disabled kid in a wheelchair. They're like, it was the 70s, though. They were like, ah, yeah, that's normal. I'm sure it's cool. Um, but he goes and he finds in like this beat down bridge shack or it's like a covered bridge and um, the reverend finds him there and he tells Marty he's sorry for what he has to do to him and he explains that he killed that one lady because she was going to kill herself so he saved her soul. Marty. I'm very sorry about this Marty. I don't know if you believe that or not but it's true. I would never willingly hurt a child. Please, I won't tell anyone. You should have left me alone, Marty. I can't kill myself. Our religion teaches that suicide is the greatest sin a man or a woman can commit. Stella was going to commit suicide, 
And if she had done so, she would be burning in hell right now. Basically, from suicide. Yeah. But, what, but also, you know, he killed the... He's trying to make it sound like he kills out of necessity, right? But then what about... He also the, said that he didn't like to kill, like, kids, too. And I'm like, what about... Barty, like his friend. Barty? I, I thought that was his name. <laughs> that's just the name that's Marty coming up. Marty and Barty? <laughs> yes. I don't remember what it was. It I definitely wasn't Barty. <laughs> Whatever his name Barty. was. Barty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he killed that kid. And He's he didn't do anything. He killed a lot of people for like no reason. But anyway, they hear a car and Marty screams for help and the Reverend runs away. Uh, Marty later tells his uncle what happened, and the uncle, he sees the blue paint from the Reverend's car on his scooter, and now he's like, okay, well, something's going on. Something's up. Maybe not a werewolf, but something weird is going on. Um, so Uncle Red goes to the police, and he tells him, tells them that Reverend Lowe is maybe a little suspicious. He's a little sus. And the cops in this town, you know what? They're good cops because they go to investigate. Or actually, it's just one of them. Um, He goes to investigate. The barbarian cops would never. Yeah. (laughs) He goes to investigate and he finds the reverend's car with uh, marks on it. Scuff marks confirming Uncle Red's story. Can I help you, Joe? I think you'd better come along with me, Reverend. Um, the Reverend turns into a werewolf, though, right in front of him, and uh, then bashes his head in with a bat, which is an interesting choice for a werewolf. Yeah. Like, like I would just eat his head off, you know? He knocked one guy's head off in the beginning of the movie, and now he's... And then ripped open the lady. Yeah, and he's like, I'm just gonna use this bat. He's like, I've used my hands enough. <laughs> so the next day... Uh, Marty mentions that no one has seen the cop and Marty and Jane give their silver necklaces to Uncle Red to make a silver bullet, which will not be enough to make a silver bullet. It doesn't look like enough. Um, Marty says he's going to come after him because he's hurt him and he will be full powered, fully powered on the moon because they're like, well, he's been able to transform even though it's not a full moon. So he's like, well, maybe it's just like, um, like. He gets strongest near the moon. Which, okay, here's the thing. I have questions about this reverend werewolf guy. Because he's, it never stated that he was new to town, right? Yeah. But all of a sudden, like... Like, did he just turn into a werewolf? Did he just get bit by a werewolf or something? What happened? And if he was always a werewolf, it's like, was he just, like, chilling? And then all of a sudden he was like, fuck this shit. I have rage. I have rage. Yeah, so I, I have questions about that. Um... But Uncle Red takes the necklaces uh, to a gun shop to make bullet who a silver bullet to make bullet to make bullet. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like they have this, he has this weird interaction with the bullet maker guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I need a silver bullet, just you know, for fun." And he's like, "Or is it for a werewolf?" So he, what's up with these people? Like they, they just know it's a werewolf. I guess (laughs) there's some werewolves. Probably a werewolf. Uh, Marty's parents are going out of town. Uncle so Marty wasn't was so far off when they were like, the adults won't believe us because like, obviously some people yeah. are like, yeah, werewolf. Um, so Marty's parents are going out of town, and Uncle Red is staying with them. 
Uncle Red tells them he and their mom used to be just like Jane and Marty, and that, they, you know, they fight a lot. And uh, he also reveals that he was the one who arranged for the parents to be out of town on the full moon, because he's like, we're going to kill someone. We're going to kill a wolf. <laughs> with the silver bullet, even though he doesn't fully believe that there's a uh, werewolf. But he's prepared. He's ready to do what he's got to do. Uh, so later that night, they're all kind of just sitting in the living room, hanging out, you know, waiting. And he's like, you know, what, what does he say? He's like, I have this familiar feeling that I'm being a horse's ass or something like that. Because he's <laughs> like, like that. yeah, there's no werewolf or here. You know, what am I even doing here right now? Um, but so as he and Marty are kind of arguing, Jane looks out the window and she sees uh the, the werewolf the werewolf the reverend werewolf and and uh so she screams and they're like oh what happened <laughs> he's here he's here it's the werewolf and uh then but the uncle's again he's like frustrated he's he's you know there's there's you didn't see anything uh but then the power goes out and then he says uh, oh wait yeah he takes the bullet out of his gun the silver bullet out of his gun because he's like this is ridiculous like someone's gonna get hurt um and uh but yeah the power goes out and uh they're all freaked out for a second and he's like okay well it's probably just a, a fuse or something marty it could be just a fuse something like that uh but just then <laughs> the werewolf bursts in like the kool-aid man he just goes straight through the wall <laughs> <Does>. <laughs> um but so but because uncle red had the bullet in his hand it kind of fell from his hand and it fell into a vent um, so Uncle Red is fighting off this werewolf, which where's tossed around. Where's his head knocking off ability right now? I know, like I feel like he killed this, everybody else like pretty quickly. No, now he's just like playing with these guys. Yeah, he's, he's like, down for a tuffle. He's like, you know a what? Scuffle? I feel like I want to have fun. <laughs> That's with what these it is. people. Or was it for the plot? I don't know. Probably. Um, <laughs> so, but Uncle or Marty has wheeled himself over to the vent to try to get the um bullet bullet out and then also his sister saves him well she's a good sister she jumps in the way and like tries to prevent the wolf from going after marty um but at at the last moment right before the werewolf is about to kill everybody marty retrieves the bullet and shoots him in the other eye he can't catch a break no now he's blind yeah that sucks and then he slowly dies and turns back into a human yes and then you know marty and jane are sitting there and they're all like oh my god that was that was scary and uh jane asks him she's like are you okay and he's like oh i can't feel my legs (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh at least he's got humor yeah but then they tell each other that they love each other it was weirdly kind of like flirty almost sexually charged yeah sexually charged i'm like brother and sister yo (laughs) this isn't game of thrones i didn't i didn't pick that up but i thought it was like a little it was just a little weird but it was it was sweet at the end yeah it was sweet because they finally have been like you know we love each other and we need each other and we're brother and sister you know we're all we've got and uh yeah so it's the stupid narration closes out the movie on this scene and uh she says some more bullshit and and uh, and then it ends (laughs) that was 
actually a pretty short movie. <laughs> it was a short movie. We blasted through this one pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was super cute. I love Corey Haim. I think he was such a good actor. Um, you know, he he was so, he's very lovable. You yes. know, he reminds mm-hmm. me of my boy Russell a little bit. He he does me too. Yeah, <laughs> weird, he does weird. me too. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, worded weirdly. And I love Gary Busey. You know, he's he's so crazy, and I enjoy that for the same reason that I you know love say Nicolas Cage. He's just a he is a wild man. He, yeah. He's a wild looking man, too. He is. And I wonder, like, how did he get started in acting even? I know. I'm, I'm going to have to do some research on that one. I mean, he actually looked pretty good in this movie. I won't yeah. lie. Like, he a lot younger. Does, but the more he, he ages. Your tiger? No, um, <laughs> not my type. But, you know, he didn't oh. look bad. The no, more he no ages. Face paint and leather black leather no pants. now if he was in that then we he would the be crow. talking <laughs> if gary Busey was the crow <laughs> gary Busey was the crow yeah i think we should get that started oh man actually. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so i think uh you know that about does it yeah yeah we'll be back next week i think uh we're gonna take a little mini break from our 80s movies because we can only watch so many so many cheesy 80, 80s movies. Um, but we'll be back next week. And uh, I'm going to go make some silver bullets for no reason. That's anybody's business. And I'm going to be working on the railroad. Hopefully I don't get decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>